Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, we're in this series called The Problem with People, and we kicked it off last week. And so if you missed that, be sure and go online and get caught up. But today we're talking about how the problem with people is that they just don't appreciate, right? They don't appreciate people. They don't appreciate what they have. You know, people just kind of walk around these days with an entitled feeling to them. And and we all probably all can think of somebody in their life and we're like, that person is just really entitled and they need to to appreciate what they got, right? Because it's really easy to see it in other people. But, you know, we always ask ourselves this question, why are people so ungrateful? But we began with this premise last week, and I'll say it again today, that I teach what I know, but I reproduce who I am. I teach what I know, but I reproduce who I am. And so as frustrated as we can get with the world and its problems and and the problems with people and how people just are really ungrateful, as frustrated as we can get, the answer is in the example that we live. And the character gaps that I see in others clue me into who I need to be for them. Not that I can do their job for them. Not that me, you know, acting a certain way is necessarily going to fix them. That's not what we're trying to do. But God put me here to make a difference. And the primary way that I make a difference is to be different. Think about that. The primary way that you're going to make a difference when you see the problems with people and you see that people don't cooperate like we talked about last week and you see that people don't appreciate, the primary way that you're going to make a difference in the world and in people's lives is to be different. More specifically, to be like Jesus. So that's the foundation of this series. Someone has to lead the way. And Jesus called the church, you and me, this body of believers to lead the way. We have to be the change agents. We need to be thermostats, not thermometers. We need to set the temperature in our world. But I'm sure that you've noticed, especially if you have a kid or two in the house, how unappreciative people are, right? You know, one one just example that came to my mind, and and just so you know, I'm not you know, there's opinions, you just go on an online forum and you'll see opinions on all sides about this, but it's just kind of interesting to me that, that back in the day, you usually tipped people after they provided a service. But now you go up to this thing and it's like, they barely said three words and it's like, I'm already having to punch in how much, how much tip I'm gonna leave. And it's just, it's just strange, right? And you go, you go up to the window and there's this young kid that has had no training in people skills. They obviously just got put on the register they barely know how to use, right? And, and they haven't even had the chance yet to make your food wrong and get your order wrong. You know, they, they haven't even had the chance yet and I just asking myself the question, how can I tip for something I don't even know if I can be grateful for or not? Maybe I'm just taking this moment to vent. I just needed to get it out. I needed to get it off my chest today. But it just seems a little bit presumptuous, doesn't it? No training, expecting gratitude. It sours both sides, you know? I've even had people at Starbucks say, hey, just hit no. <laughs> like, because they feel uncomfortable saying like, hey, put a tip. 
right? They're like, hey, you can ignore this screen if you would like to. And it's, it's just, it's awkward for everybody. And it definitely doesn't create an environment of gratitude at all. And so I'm not saying it's right or wrong and, and getting into that debate. It just feels weird. It catches you off guard. And you, I'm using this example today to just say that appreciation and appreciating people can be a complicated subject. It does get complicated. Who do we appreciate? Who do we not appreciate? You know, and it, it, it's, just, it's just complicated sometimes. It's like giving all the kids a trophy, you know, or, or a medal. It doesn't really create a culture of appreciation and maybe the way that we see in scripture. And then we wonder why people grow up and they don't appreciate. Because maybe they've just gotten everything always ever that they ever wanted. And so you make your kids a nice meal at home, maybe mom or dad, whoever cooks in the house. You, make the, you, you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into this meal, and you're like, this is gonna be amazing. The family's gonna love it. The family's gonna be so thankful for how much work I put into this meal. And your kids come to the table, and they sit down, and it's like, oh, it's the moment that you've been dreaming of as you read that Better Homes and Gardens magazine. And you're just like, this is gonna be amazing. And somebody takes a bite, and they're like, ooh, gross, right? You ever experienced that, mom and dad? Come on now. You put love and effort, and on top of that, you're really hungry, which, and so when you hear that criticism, it just doesn't feel very good. And so we all have a situation or area of our life where we're like, man, there just needs to be more appreciation. People need to be more thankful. People need to be more grateful. You know, there's multiple definitions of the word appreciate. The first and most obvious one is to be grateful for. The next one would be to recognize the full worth of. And man, I love that one. We could, we could preach on that one all day long. And then the, the third one is even applicable in this, in this case. It, it's to, to rise in value or price. And I love that because, man, when we become people that appreciate, when we become people that are thankful, when we, man, it almost puts in our hands a little superpower that with our words and with our appreciation and, and by being different than the rest of the world and instead of coming to, into a situation and just criticizing, but coming into a situation and adding value, I can not only be grateful, which, which helps my heart, but I can help people show, I can show people their worth and I can rise the value with which they see themselves and, and man, it becomes a powerful thing, doesn't it? But appreciation is a funny thing. Because especially in God's kingdom, we should be willing to serve in obscurity and not be appreciated, right? It's just, you know, if you serve to be appreciated, it kind of muddies the water. And so we don't serve to be appreciated. And if we do serve to be appreciated, it shows through, doesn't it? But if we're following scripture, we're gonna be generous with our appreciation towards each other. And manners and being polite just scratches the surface. We want to go way far past that. You know, I, I've, got, I've got three great kids, and they've got their issues, and sometimes they're just great big knuckleheads. But, man, I sure love them, and I'm proud of them. And, and one thing that people say uh, about my kids sometimes is, oh, man, they, 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 they got great manners. They say yes, sir, and thank you, and, and all that. But, but just like the, the unpleasable dad, I'm like, I hope they do more than that. Right? Because if that's where it stops, then I didn't do my job. 
And so appreciation, it's got a lot of facets to it, doesn't it? There's so much more that could be said, and so that's what we want to do today. We want to unpack it a little bit more. And so I see three types of appreciation. Grab your notes, let's fill in the blanks, let's, uh, or it's in the app as well, and so you could grab your phone if you want, and let's dig in today. But I see three types of appreciation. Level one would be just this basic need. We all have a basic need to be appreciated, which goes along with the basic need that God put in each and every one of us that we all need grace. And he provided the source of that grace, which was his son, Jesus Christ. You see, people that you see all the time are in desperate need of appreciation because there's this basic human need, this basic human need to be known and to be needed, to be seen. Everybody has this basic need. We all need someone who knows my name and what's going on in my life. Can you feel that today? And maybe you're just in that season of life where you're like, I don't know if anybody knows my name and I don't know if anybody really knows what's going on in my life. Man, let this sink in when you see people that you walk past and don't even give it a second thought. Everyone needs someone who knows their name and what's going on in their life. God knew this. And thankfully, it's in God's character to see you and to know you. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God takes pleasure in seeing you, in knowing you, in having plans for your life. And, it, and man, he was thinking about you long before you ever, ever made your glorious entrance into this world. Isn't that an amazing thought today? That when you feel unseen and when you feel unloved and you feel like no one knows what's going on in your life, God sees you and God knows you and he appreciates you. And if he didn't, he wouldn't have sent his son to die for you on the cross. Amen. And so there's this God-shaped hole in our hearts. We all have it. And we need to be seen and we need to be known and we need to be loved. And the cool thing is, is that even though God does that for us in an amazing way, he's the only one that can really fill that void. But we also get to do that for each other. We get to see each other and, and notice each other and love each other. So this is level one appreciation, that I give you value because you are valued by God. And if Jesus died for you, and just let me give you a hint, he died for everyone, even that jerk at work, right? And if they have breath in their lungs, then God died for them and they have worth. Everybody has worth. Every person that you will ever lock eyes with on this planet is invaluable and irreplaceable. You can't even calculate the worth of what they mean to Jesus. And so because they have worth in God's eyes, they should have worth in our eyes. And so appreciation is simply an action that confirms the belief that people are a gift from God. And man, I get it that some people don't always seem like a gift. They seem like more of a thorn in your side. But Jesus loves them, and we should too. Experts tell us that it takes seven positive words to counteract one negative comment. And when it comes to children, this leaves them with a 3,000 positive word deficit in their emotional bank account each day. 
That's how many negative things our kids hear all the time, right? And so when we just have this basic need to be known and to be loved, and we're wired to be valued, when we are devalued, we're obviously discouraged. But Jesus sees you, and as people, we should see people too. And so we need to be just depositing this basic values. Man, you, I see you, I love you, you are worth something. We need to be giving this out like candy all the time, right? We should be dispensers of grace. Man, when I was a kid, I loved those Pez dispensers. You know, you get your favorite character, you open up their head, and every time you open up their head, it pops out. Isn't that fun? We should be like that. Dispensers of grace, dispensers of, of appreciation. You open you up, and appreciation comes out. Have you ever noticed, just a couple more thoughts on this, that how a parent talks about their child, even with all of their downfalls and all of their mess-ups and all of their just, you know, being children, have you ever noticed how easily they can overlook those wrongs? How they can see the best, how much grace is given? That's what Jesus does when he sees you, right? He says, I'm gonna take what I did on the cross and I'm gonna make that the filter with how, which how I see you. And when you turn to Jesus and you put your life in his hands, man, that grace covers your imperfections. And it's an amazing thing. And we're not seen by how much, you know, our, our actions or our performance gives us value. We're seen by how much Christ loves us. And I'm just so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. And, and it tells us that there's power in your words. Life and death are in the tongue, the Bible tells us. And so how we talk about each other, how we appreciate each other is one of the most important things about us. And so that's level one appreciation, that we just need to love each other. And then level two appreciation, we'll call this reinforcement. It's reinforcement that we are calling out and we're being grateful for the behaviors we see in others that make a difference. So you see something good and you appreciate it. I was telling my wife this story the last week and, and, it, and I, it, you know, we were talking about my message and it, it just came to mind. And, and when I was a kid, it was a really hard time for me to keep my name off the board in class. And, um, <laughs> and my mom's probably already knowing what I'm gonna talk about. I, you know, I was that kid that always got my name and then like multiple check marks. And I think when, when I got to two check marks, it meant a trip down to the principal's office. And man, I, I can say, because I was a part of that generation, that, that I got whooped at school, right? The ping pong paddle came out. And the funny thing is, our, our principal at the time, she was the most meek and gentle lady. And so have you ever gotten just a really meek and gentle swat? Um, and some of you are like, they swatted you? Did they go to jail? No, it was the 80s. It's all good, right? And so, and so uh, you know, I just remember like this, the, the, my principal swatting me in the principal's office and be like, you know, trying not to laugh. But I, I was that kid, right? And so my mom, it's like, man, if you don't get any checks by your name all day long, then she had this little tic-tac box with all these little things in it. And if I didn't get a check by my name, I got to pull something out of the tic-tac tic box and like do whatever it said. And so one of them was we got to go to Walmart and put quarters in the vending machines. And how many of you know, that was just enough reinforcement for me to check, keep my checks off my name for at least a day or two, <laughs> right? You know, but that positive reinforcement, encouraging the good behavior made a huge difference. And so this is a big deal. 
Because what's rewarded gets repeated. So much of the time we harp on the bad things, but we don't reward the things we want to see repeated in others. But what's rewarded gets repeated all day long. So obviously this is huge in parenthood. And some of you were brought up in a home where praise was never given. Or when it was, you were also reminded of all the ways that you didn't measure up. And so we don't want to do that. We want to routinely and lavishly praise people in our lives that do the right thing. It's biblical. It's biblical. And we have to do this purposefully because naturally we want to feed selfishness in our own interest. Right? And so we got to look for the good things to just call out in others. Hebrews 11.6 says that it's impossible to please God without faith. And so when God saw faith in the life of people, what did he do? He rewarded them. The Bible says that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so in the same way that we do our best to find out what puts a smile on the face of our heavenly father, we also look for the things that other people are doing well and we tell them, good job, way to go. This is why God rewards faith because he wants to see it repeated. And so what a great practice to reinforce the things we want to see in others with rewards. Level three, though, this is the highest level of appreciation that we see in Scripture, and it's honor. It's honor. And so level one, we just appreciate people because of who they are. Level two, I mean, we, we reinforce the, the attitudes and the behaviors that we want to see repeated And level three, we honor people. And we honor those who provide a consistent example of faithfulness and live a life worth emulating. Do you know anybody like that in your life? Paul did. Now, it's interesting because Paul, he was kind of like the man. He wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else and and he, he was just used by God in a powerful way. And in a lot of ways, it was like, man, Paul was a guy to look up to. But Paul honored people all the time. And he set a great example of, of just creating a culture of honor. And so we're gonna, we honor people who, who provide a consistent example of faithfulness and live a life worth emulating. And so let's look at what Paul says in Romans 16, one through six. This, we're gonna camp out here for the rest of the day. And look at what he said about people. He said, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church of Sincrea. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful for them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who is the first person from the province of Asia, which is modern-day Turkey, to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who are in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampelatus, my dear, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, a good man whose Christ approves, 
And give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greeting to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and to Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. You know, whenever you read sections of the Bible like this, it's like, we're just making up how these names sound, right? And it's kind of funny. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a secondary adventure. It's like choose your own adventure book. But, but when you dig a little deeper, there's tons of meaning. Because it's, it's easy when you le- read a list of names like this in scripture to get distracted, like what in the world is that? And, and, and why is all this important? And, but there's, there's more to it. For instance, some of these names are Latin, some of them are Greek, they have different backgrounds, it's a very diverse list. What does that tell us? That Paul cared about all different types of people. And it wasn't about personal agenda. Why do we know this? Because you don't list off 28 people and specific things about their life if you're not personally, deeply invested in their lives and in the mission that they're on. Let's look into some of the reasons why Paul might have appreciated them. Phoebe, right? He said that she was worthy of honor. She was helpful. She added value. She was probably the one that actually carried this physical letter from Paul to the Romans. And so he's like, I commend her to you. I trust her to your care. Take care of her. Accept her. She's the real deal. So Paul was vouching for her because she was carrying the letter to them. Then there was Aquila and Priscilla. He calls them co-workers. Another word for this would be like equal. Can you imagine when Paul, the apostle, says that, man, these are my co-workers, that we're together, that we're colleagues? How cool that would feel if you were Aquila and Priscilla, that, man, you're getting put, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Paul. They risked their lives for him. They touched many churches. They were people of influence. They were church hosts. They were not public speakers, but they used their gift and talents to build the church. And I just love this one because you see Aquila and Priscilla mentioned throughout the New Testament, but they weren't these upfront kind of leaders. They were behind the scenes influencers. They used their relational influence and their resources they had to build the church. So many people get, get, get just down on themselves because they don't have platform gifts. But Paul makes it clear, man, it doesn't matter if you're on the platform, you can make a difference for Jesus Christ and you deserve to be honored and appreciated. Epentus, the first person to believe in Turkey or in Asia Minor. I love it when people go first. I love it when people are bold and courageous and step out and follow Jesus when nobody else does. And obviously Paul did too. That's worthy of honor when you stand up in your workplace and you follow Jesus when everybody is going the other direction. It's worth honor. And so when you see people do that, call it out and appreciate it in their life. Mary, hard work. Man, we as Americans, we love that. We love people that work hard. And obviously Paul did too. And so we honor those who work hard in the mission for Christ. Andronicus and Junia, 
They were in prison with Paul? What? They were faithful. They'd been persecuted and they'd stuck through it. Ampelatus and Stachus, dear friends. Did you know that just being a dear friend to somebody can make all the difference in the world? Because it's not just that you do ministry, it's who you do the ministry with. And it's who you walk through the storms of life with. And so when you're a dear friend to somebody, it's, it's just showing honor to them that you're not gonna leave them and you're gonna stick with them. And then one of my favorites is Rufus. Number one, it's just a really fun name, Rufus. But the Lord picked him out to be his very own. What does that mean? We don't know. But it could mean, you know, some scholars have thought that maybe Rufus was the, was the son of Simon who carried the cross of Jesus up the hill to Golgotha. And man, if that is true, wow. That implies a lot of really cool things that, that the son of, of, of Rufus was probably, man, just looked at as, as a part of this special family in the story of Christ. But even if he wasn't connected to the Simon the Cyrene in, in, in that story, the very fact that Paul says, man, God picked you out to be his very own, it implies that Paul knew his story and was speaking life into him. How cool is that? So multiple names at the end, it's, it's almost like he's giving a shout out to all these life group leaders that had small, group lead, small groups in their house and he's just like, way to go, keep going, let's do this. And so a couple things that we see from how Paul appreciated people that I want you to take with you today is that appreciation should be authentic, number one. It should be authentic. Paul wasn't just rattling off a list just to get in his, his, his uh, appreciation. Have you ever been at, a, at an event where people call people up on stage and we wanna recognize you and it just feels so stale and it's like there's no life in the room? That, this wasn't that, Right? This wasn't that. Romans 12, 9 through 10, Paul earlier in this book had told them, don't just, print, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So we know that Paul was speaking from his heart. He was speaking from a, just a deep appreciation for the people of God. And we know from this list that authentic appreciation is specific. Specific, it's very specific. He gave specific details about different people at different times. I love that. He knew enough about them to know what would matter to them. Think about that. Do you know the love languages of the people in your life? Whether they like gifts of service or words of encouragement or quality time or, or you know, whatever the rest of them are. Do you know what they like? And are you speaking to them in an authentic and specific way and honoring them for their faithfulness? Man, what this tells me is that, man, when we're authentic and specific in our appreciation, that we're going to appreciate those that we know the most. Listen, if you never tell the people that are closest to you how much they mean to you, it's likely that their value in your heart will decrease. But when you tell them how much they mean to you and how, 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 proud, of you are, how proud you are of them for following Christ and staying true to his mission, man, you're just gonna value them so much more. So we see that Paul thought through this. 
He was proactive with, with his appreciation. And his appreciation to them was based on real circumstances. It was not just platitudes or good manners. So when you go to appreciate somebody, when you go to honor somebody and lift them up, we see that we want to be specific. We want to be specific and authentic. Manners are great, but they fall way short. The faithful people in your life should receive specific and authentic appreciation. It's a good word. And then number two, appreciation should reflect the mission. And this is what I see in this, in this passage more than anything, that almost every single person that Paul appreciated, it was connected to the mission that Paul was on. We see him do this in all kinds of letters that he wrote. Second, Second Thessalonians 1, 3 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you. Okay, do you just hear the emotion? It's flowing out of him. He, he just can't help it. Because your faith is flourishing, underline that, and your love for one another is growing. Man, he's speaking into the mission. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and your faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. What is Paul doing? He's calling out the things that strengthen the mission and make the church strong. And so when you see people and you see what they're doing for the Lord, and you see how they're serving you and each other, and you see how they're, they're just giving their lives for the kingdom. Think specifically, how is what they're doing supporting the mission? Sometimes it's just kindness. It's a smile on their face. It's an openness in their heart. God, it's a, it's, a, it's a just love for other people. When you see people doing things like that, when their faith is flourishing and their love for one another is growing, call it out. Honor it. Even if it's just you walk up to them and say, hey, I've seen you doing this and I'm so thankful for you. It should reflect the mission. Just think about all the years of service and relationship reflected in this short passage. What does it scream? It screams faithfulness. You know, I love the culture of honor that we have in our country for service members and veterans and first responders. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That a lot of times when you come across somebody who has served in our nation's armed forces, what do we say? Thank you for your service. It's just kind of built in, it's what we do, and, and I love that. I love that. And in similar ways, Paul was honoring people who are examples of self-sacrifice, but for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom, not, not a nation or a world that will someday pass away, but for the kingdom of God that will never pass away. And we should do both. We should honor people who serve you know, our nation, but, but man, we should not forget to honor people who serve the kingdom. And that could be any of you at any time. Your brothers and sisters that are sitting next to you in this room today, man, some of them are doing a great work for the Lord and you can be the one to appreciate them. A couple more just specifics about the people in this passage. The one named Stachys. Stachys, his name means ear of corn. And you know the kind of person back then that would got, get a name like ear of corn? Definitely not somebody important. Stachys wasn't 
an aristocrat. He wasn't necessarily a person of influence. But some connection that Paul had with Stachys could lead us to believe that Paul made friends with common people, just normal people. Stachys could have been a slave. We don't know. But his name would lead us to believe that he was not a person of influence. What does that tell us? That our mission is not just to honor people that just have this, this position of influence. But man, we need to honor people that we're close to. Another couple things, Aristobulus and Narcissus. It could be, we don't know, but it could be that those two weren't even Christians at all because, it, because Paul says, hey, greetings to people in the house of these two guys. And so it could have been that they were aristocrats and the members of their households were the ones who believed in Christ. And, and those people in their households were slave to Rome. And so what does that tell us? It tells us that all people everywhere can be a part of the mission of God. All people everywhere. It doesn't matter what level you serve in the church. And, and isn't it kind of funny that Jesus said, hey, we're going to turn this upside down and the last should be first and the first should be last, but we still think in levels. But Paul's appreciation reflected the mission that the first will be last and the last should be first. And so when you look between the lines, Paul was sending honor and appreciation and thanks to people who believed who were probably slaves. Sorry. So the bottom line is that we bring honor to those who bring honor to Jesus. We don't bring honor to people because of their position or their power or anything like that. We bring honor to those who are living out the mission that God has given us. And there is no higher calling, which means that when you see your friends and your family and the people in your life honoring Jesus, honor them. Lift them up. Appreciate them. Obviously, we love people like whoever they are. And, and yes, we, we do that. But man, we should be honoring and lifting up all the people in our life that are serving Jesus. Amen? Whether they're working with our kids, whether your, your kid at home serves their sibling whether you as a husband, you know, you're laying your life down sacrificially for your wife. Man, wives, notice. Wife, if you're, if you're just doing all the things, husbands, get a clue. It's Valentine's week. Notice her and honor her for all the things that she does. We need to notice and honor each other as we live out the mission that God has given us. Why? Because selfishness turns into entitlement, but appreciation turns into gratitude. Appreciation reveals what's most important to you. It reveals what's most important to you. And so this is a great litmus test, is the mission of God and how God sees the world and how God sees people in a good place in your life. Because it comes out through what you appreciate, who you honor, and how you do it. Appreciation costs you nothing most of the time, but it could mean everything for the receiver. Here's what I know. Paul wouldn't have sent all these thanks to all these people 
if they couldn't have really used a word of encouragement. They needed it. They needed a shot in the arm. They needed a being lifted up. And so church, I want to challenge you this week. Be generous with your appreciation of people. Be generous. If, if you think, oh, maybe I should send that person a card or maybe I should call them and tell them, you probably should. You probably should. Probably should. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.